Up next, we've got Lon Winters from Graphic Elephant. If you guys have been to one of the trade shows, I'm sure you have seen his massive, massive booth where he literally, one time I actually went up to this booth and I just started poking through the, the binder and he's just got shop plans and procedures and processes and ideas. And I've been hunting Lon down because he's out, he's farther out in Colorado to come join us on Print Hustlers Conf today to talk about mastering your workflow. Lon, thanks for having or thanks for joining us today. You got it. Glad to be here. Let's see if I can get this right now. Oops. I practiced this yesterday, but I'm gonna screen two share. All right, I think we've got it worked out now, do we? Okay, all right. Um, thanks for having me, Bruce. We sure appreciate uh, your putting these things on. Sorry, it's taking me a second to get everything lined up, dialed up. Okay, why'd I lose that? Okay, I may have a problem here. Sorry, guys. Yeah, that's okay. okay. Just hit uh, stop share in there, and then you can hit start share again. Start share. Okay, I want to use that one, but I somehow lost my keynote. Here we go. Let me see. All right, we're gonna try this one more time. Sorry, guys. We're gonna do this. So maybe we do. All right. Let me get this off. All right, can you see that? So I'm able to. All right, let's try this one more time. All right, can everybody see that? Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with yes. Okay, thanks, Bruce. Appreciate that. Honored to be with you guys. Um, thanks for putting this whole thing together. And invite me to to present. Um, I think these things are super important in our community, particularly in these crazy weird times. It's going to be fun to kind of talk about something other than COVID and protests and politics and and the news that we see all the time. It, it kind of makes us nuts. So this will be a little bit more fun, I think. Um, give you a quick story. Um, I started this business in the late '80s at Ocean Pacific uh, OP. Uh, anybody remember the corduroy shorts? I can still fit in mine. Well, maybe not. Um, we're uh, in a small town in Colorado uh, named Elizabeth. 
it's kind of a cow town uh, country. Uh, we've got some property that our, our building sits on behind our house. It's awesome. We don't get a whole lot of visitors, but that might be because uh, of some other reasons and y'all might not be there at this time. Um, we call it a, our, our place a decorating studio. Um, uh, we kind of specialize in, in technical screen print. We also offer embroidery, uh, direct, direct garment, um, uh, vinyl and some other things as well. Uh, and, you, and you've probably seen us, like uh, Bruce said, uh, doing some crazy live demo stuff at uh, trade shows um, where we combine some process and special effects and we do it all on, at speed, all on black. Everybody knows we love printing on black. Um, we've won a bunch of awards. Uh, we're pretty proud of our staff. Uh, I think we're the best in the business. Um, and my guys uh, have all been with me for over 20 years. Some of you may know Jason, who's uh, typically with me. Um, we've been together over 20 years, and, and he's my right-hand man. I always say he does all the work, and I do all the talking. Um, but Ken, Corey, John, Bridget, and, and my wife that's been with me for 35 years kind of keeps us and holds us all together at this stage. Um, so after 30 years of doing this, it's kind of too late to be a doctor. So I kind of got good at it. Um, we started our consulting and coaching, teaching, uh, and R and D for the trade about 15 years ago. We've done developmental work for stretch devices, Wilflex, MNR, GSG, Ryanet, Furtherloom, Jerseys, Dow Corning, Easy Way, and others just dropping some names there. Um, we do writing and speaking for, uh, uh, the trade mags, uh, mostly in graphics pro formerly known as Printware, an ongoing column for 15, 18 years um, called Software Substrate. It's kind of fun. We just tell stories about the, the stupid things that we've tripped over and made mistakes and had to solve. Um, and then, of course, we exhibit at a lot of the MBM shows and, and uh, uh, some of the other shows as well. I'm a member of the uh, Academy, the ASDPT. I'm honored to be such, uh, which is uh, the Academy for the SGIA, which is now Printing United Alliance, which is fairly redundant, but that's what they call themselves now. I've been the chair of the Apparel Decorators Committee for the last three years, and that's only important because we do cool things like ThreadX, which might be the last cool thing that we got to do all together. So um, the Decorating Committee has been really good to me, and my hope is that I can continue to share our experiences and, and contribute back to the community as well. So I was thinking about changing our logo to this, but I just dig that. I don't think we will, but I always like to share it. I call this my Einstein bit. Um, this piece we did over 20 years ago. It's not even really that great anymore uh, when we look at it closely, but it uh, we use it in our materials um, for a few reasons, and, and I'll, I'll share that with you now. Uh, he's a pretty smart guy, right? We'd agree on that. Pretty creative dude on, as well. He's got a quote that I think fits our industry absolutely perfect. He says, imagination is more important than knowledge. Um, that's right on the money. It makes total sense to me. I uh, have a Bachelor of Arts and a Bachelor of Science in Fine Arts and Mathematics. I wish I could tell you that uh, that's exactly what I went to school for was to be a screen printer. Um, but as I look back at it, that's why I think a lot of it makes pretty good sense to me. Um, because it really is a uh, perfect balance of, of the math science part and, and the art part of it. Uh, or as a, a good friend of mine would say, uh, Michelle Moxley would say, uh, it's the space in between math and art. I always think that's deep and heavy, um, but we can't lose sight of the creativity. Um, the art piece of it is why a lot of us do this. It's fun. There, there's, uh, we, I call it creative problem solving. 
Um, we never want to lose uh, sight of that, but we are held accountable to control what we can. A couple other quotes I dig, uh, imagination rules the world by Napoleon. And my favorite, I am the lizard king. I can do anything by Jim Morrison and the doors. So um, we're doing some production workflow processes and practices. Um, I like to say common mistakes I may or may not have made. Um, I come at it from, of course, my perspective, which is a screen printer. It's all I've got. Uh, some applies to the other disciplines. We apply it to embroidery. Um, it doesn't necessarily apply to uh, digital direct, to garment. We're learning more and more about it. I just went through a demo with uh, uh, Melco on their uh, mass customization software. It's pretty cool, um, but that's a whole different space for me and, and what we do. Um, so I just want everybody to know that that's where I'm coming, coming at this from. Um, one thing about experience, uh, we got plenty of opportunities to make mistakes. Uh, the key to it, uh, as you might guess, is learning from those mistakes. We have an added bonus in that through our clients uh, that we spend the consulting time in the field, uh, we've been able to, I guess, learn from their missteps as well, if not some of the things that uh, some of the clients do really well. So they've been uh, really valuable to create a template of maybe some things what not to do. Um, but everybody can't be good at everything. We know that. Um, what we provide in our cons consulting services is kind of just another set of eyes. It's kind of what we do. A lot of business owners or plant managers might be just too close to it and they can't see through the trees or to, to the forest or through the forest to the trees, whatever that uh, is going to be the first of many cliches I might rip off or, or rearrange in this presentation to fit my needs. Um, I hope you get a few takeaways from this. 30 minutes will be short, but we'll make as much sense of it as we can. Let's talk workflow. I threw the definition up here um, from Wikipedia, but uh, I'm just going to repeat a couple of things in it that I think are pretty important. Workflow consists of an orchestrated, repeatable pattern enabled by systematic organization of resources into a process that transforms materials and services. A sequence of operation, the work of a group or staff considered real work. Flow described as a service or product transferred from one step to another. And then the definition of process is a series of activities that interact to produce a result. So those are our fundamental building blocks. Pay attention to a bunch of those words in there because they'll come up throughout the rest of this presentation. So let's talk software. No, let's not. Let's let Bruce and the guys at Printavo and uh, others work for you on that. That's not our strength. Um, it's all a piece of all of this, but we're going to talk uh, more about the specifics of the, the physical workflow inside the factory. Um, I would give a shameless plug to Printavo. They've got some remarkable software, so definitely take a look at that. Um, we're going to skip the business plan, the marketing strategy, uh, all the other critical uh, uh, upfront components. There's smarter people than me that'll go through those areas with you. So let's start at layout and floor plan. Um, if we work with a lot of clients where we start, uh, we lay out their facility, we do the purchasing of their equipment. Um, this is kind of where it starts uh, from a vision point of view. And we're not gonna have a lot of time to go through a ton of stuff. So we're gonna kind of touch points that I think are, are critically important. And I'll leave a bunch out, I'm sure. Um, and there's probably some arguments against or doing things a little differently than, than we like to do it. There's a lot of thoughts on, on layout. Um, you can do a lot of studying um, and we have. 
bottom line is, is you got to deal with garbage in, garbage out. Product comes in, we we uh, convert it, and then we send it out. Uh, we call it flow. Um, we're trying to put together free flowing movement, uh, minimal crossing of paths. Uh, you know, we can build these things out in in CAD. Um, we we typically work in Illustrator because we know it. Um, and we're not engineers or architects. This we're working on uh, operations and flow and and uh, uh, the way the product comes in and out and where to place the equipment and those kinds of things. Many of our customers will loot will use these uh, footprints, these these layouts to take to their architects or, or engineers, and, and it gets them in the right space pretty quick. Um, heck, I remember the first layout I did 25 years ago or more. Um, was on graph paper with circle cutouts. And I'd encourage people to even do that with their own layouts. Um, take a look at what you've got, place everything where it sits, and then start moving things around, seeing if you'd have a better, uh, a better flow. Um, you know, get your red arrows out, arrows out for, for the product and blue arrows, arrows for the screens and green arrows for the inks, whatever works. And you just want to have minimal crossing and, and start looking at how things can flow a little bit cleaner and easier. So we look at a few different uh, approaches or theories uh, that we've coined one of them as, as a linear flow. So that would be where product would come in one door on one side of the building, go through the, the uh, decorating process, and then get shipped out the other end of the building. Pretty straightforward. Uh, the other more common and, and uh, uh, depending on a smallish operation with only a single door, it's a circular uh, uh process in which the product comes in one door, uh, goes through the, the decorating, and then goes out the same door. Um, and then uh, what we call a horseshoe or a U is kind of a combination of the two, where maybe you have two overhead doors side by side, or fairly close together, or on the same side of the building. Um, typically, none, none, nothing is ideal, unless you're going to build a building from scratch. And even then, mistakes can be made. We, we built a factory, gosh, it's been a good 20-some years ago in, in uh, south of Mexico City, these guys had way more common or way more money than common sense. But the first half of the of the install, which was going to be duplicated six months or a year later, was twelve or sixteen automatics or some ridiculous number. Um, and they decided to put uh, these top of the line automatics at the time they were formulas uh, from M and R um, before the Series Two and Three machines. So now that really does date it. But they put them all on individual dryers and then added uh, a passport, which is an automatic takeoff device. So the reason we might build to print for brands in Mexico or South America, Central America, Asia, whatever it might be, is because the labor's cheap. Well, when you put a passport, you're substituting a uh, a uh, individual, which, you know, at the, in the grand scheme of things, you pay 30,000 bucks for a passport. Uh, how many years of employment does that really, anyway, that there was a, that was a pretty substantial mistake. And then on the flip side, worked for, with a $50 million company that actually uh, was bought by a holding company a few years ago, but uh, they were a $50 million company and had, I don't know, 12 automatics and 20 manuals, something like that. They had two automatics on mini sprints and they were lined up six or eight of them. And I thought I had this conversation with the, the ownership and I said, look, you're a $50 million company. Nothing in your factory should say many. 
Um, it was just one of those things. I'm sure they started with a manual and a mini sprint or a, or a small automatic and mini sprint. And this is how they expanded over a period of 20 years or so. So you can still make mistakes uh, pretty easily. Um, we kind of look at our approach as a bit of a hybrid of the linear and horseshoe. We like, in this case, um, we're upside down and backwards. And and uh, I apologize if, if the fellow we built this for is watching and, and I'm sharing it with, with everybody. Um, but basically, you're, uh, you can see that we receive the product on the right top. It goes through the process and then gets shipped on the left top. So that's the linear configuration that we'd have product come in the right, go through the process, ship on the left. But in the bottom right corner, you can see our pre-press department where we've got kind of a U application or, or our horseshoe. Um, so the screen, dirty screens come off the press and they go into that room right next to the compressors where the ink is cleaned, squeegees, flat bars. Then the, the rack of screens goes into automatic reclaim in this case, goes into dry. Then they get coated into dry again, into a storage area, then into... Um, computer to screen. Uh, this is where you put your film on your on your screen for exposure as well. And then drying, I'm sorry, uh, developing and then drying and staging. Um, and if you notice, we've got uh, clean separated from dirty and dry separated from wet, uh, safe light from standard light. Um, and we also have done this, uh, the clean from dirty in the production area. If you draw a magic line, a horizontal line, uh, right down the middle of the automatics, we keep all our clean or the, the soft goods, the product, the garments on the upper portion and all our dirty, the inks, the screens, uh, squeegees and such on the bottom half uh, in that and the air and they don't ever cross. The, the autos actually rotate in opposite directions so that we can get, we can bring the product up to the, the load state or the, yes, we can bring the, the product up to the load station and unload um, right onto the dryer. So that never crosses. And who hasn't had a, a 500 uh, stack of white shirts fall over in an ink cart? And of course it's always ink or red ink, so you can't get them out. So this is where we draw our arrows and, and run through our flow. Uh, another uh, mistake made, um, we were working with a customer in San Diego that was gonna build a, uh, a big factory. They were doing uh, brand work as well for some of the, the TV shows, and they, uh, we were sitting around this really expensive conference table with the manufacturers of the equipment um, and the owners of the, the company, and and the quick math back when we had really big runs all the time, they, uh, and this makes sense when you're talking index or really big runs. So if each press can do 3,000 pieces, and I've got four presses, and I'm going to run three shifts, let's see, that's 9,000 per machine times four, that's uh, 35,000, let's round it up to 40,000 pieces a week, or I'm sorry, per day. Um, so they, they basically jammed four automatics into a nine or 10,000 square foot space. And while they were busy putting diamond plate on the walls, it was a beautiful factory. I just did the math in my head and said, okay, I've got to have space for 40,000 pieces for today's production run. I've got to have space for 40,000 pieces that I finished yesterday. And I've got to have 40, uh, space for 40,000 more that, that I've got to print tomorrow. And that's kind of a, a minimum when you do the easy math. So you start figuring some of that out. And it, they say it never rains in Southern California until you have 40,000 shirts sitting in the parking lot, apparently. So mistake there. 
So let's talk process flow really quick. Um, we'll go through a few of these exercises. Uh, this is how we start kind of figuring out what our process looks like. Um, if you haven't done it already, um, do it. Just whiteboard out your your uh, your process um, from sales to, to art creation to to all your screen making pieces of it, color matching, um, proofing, uh, setup, all those kinds of things. You can you can map that out on on uh, manual whiteboards. We always find these projects kind of fun in that we're able to kind of get the group together and say, oh, you forgot this part. What about that part? And it's kind of how you really kind of start putting this, the skeleton together, the outline together of what your process looks like. It gets a little overwhelming, but um, you can start with with pretty basic and simple. This was a, a factory that, that offered a number of different uh, uh, decoration applications, but you got to start here. This is this is our, our basic production flow um, and we're going to treat development exactly the same, but it's fairly straightforward and pretty simple. And we go in a little bit more complicated. We start color coding and, and start assigning tasks and we can't move forward unless we have these things, all the all the if then parts of it. You can see we start uh, putting pieces and parts together. Um, but again, it can be pretty simple from this happens to be a, a one week turn. And this is this is how they drew their their uh, uh, process up or their work workflow up. Um, ultimately, if you had a three-day turn or a five-day turn, you'd have to you'd have to change that. But that's certainly uh, important in kind of defining your 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 process. And here's uh, the next cliche I'll use. It's kind of the whole: if you uh, fail to plan, then you plan to fail. Back to more uh, flow charts. This is our organizational chart. Um, hopefully, nobody's looks like this, but I thought that was kind of an amusing org chart. Um, after we get our process flow, we start building our organizational charts, which can look something like this. Um, they start fairly basic, and as we move through more specifics, uh, we start to assign tasks and names and bodies to each of these tasks. This we were in the middle of an expansion, and at, we were adding a shift as well as adding a uh, uh, a few more machines, and then having a future uh, plan as well. So you can see we start to define some of these out. It starts to get reasonably complicated, but it all starts to make sense. Um, I suppose there's a point of diminishing return. Uh, I was with a, I did some work with a factory in El Salvador that uh, had a, a, a flow chart on top of their, or on their wall in their conference room that had to be eight foot tall by 12 feet wide and 1600 boxes on it. Um, they just really got down to the nitty gritty and the detail. The, Funniest part about it is at the apex, the top dog, they called a general who happened to be this little Asian woman um, that was in command of a bunch of Latin men. So it was uh, uh, an interesting culture to say the least. So the, the bottom line is, this is how you start to wrap your arms around the processes and who's gonna do each of them. So a couple things to, to speed those types of things, getting into the, the detail. Um, next up is automation. So why do we automate? Um, pretty simple stuff, speed, repeatability, quality, control, essentially profitability. Um, and that's fairly obvious when you look at uh, going from a, a manual uh, screen print to, to an automatic screen print. There's calculations and spreadsheets that the dealers and manufacturers can help to determine when it's appropriate to, to step up to an automatic or add the second automatic kind of things. But to detail it a little bit further, I'm talking pre-press. Um, we know it's a process. The whole thing we do is a process, and we're only strong as the weakest link. 
more more cliche. Um, we define the process uh, simply as we have the cre- creative part where we draw a picture or, or uh, build it in Photoshop or Corel or whatever. Uh, we separate it, uh, pull the colors apart. We output to film or directly to screen. Um, we do our screen making, color matching, ink selection. We set up and then uh, we do our print uh, printing on press. Now that's oversimplified, of course, but I'm trying to make a point here. Uh, by definition, six of those seven things I mentioned are pre-press. What can we automate? First things first, uh, CTS, DTS, it's no brainer anymore. Uh, we bought ours five years ago, our first one, uh, more out of want than need, but ultimately there's no way we could go back to film again. Um, it's the biggest expense, but uh, it impacts the most. The ROI uh, that the manufacturers and dealers, uh, I think is somewhere around 40 screens a day uh, uh, for a couple of year return, uh, get it paid off. I'd argue maybe it's closer to 25 um, because it's the intangibles, um, things that they don't measure on those spreadsheets that, that they show you. Uh, lost positives, having to file positives after a job. It's just a nightmare as uh, many people know. And ultimately this really cleans that all up. Uh, we won't even set up a, a new automated shop without absolutely insisting on uh, CTS. The best part is the registration actually works. Um, with film, you got to work pretty darn hard to make a registration system works. It works, and it still will save you time. But once you go digital, you know I, I'd hesitate to say 100% of the time, but it's in the upper 90s that that we hit. And if we don't hit, it's just a tweak, one way or the other, with a couple of uh, screen here or there. That's a technical term, as we know. There are other areas in prepress that that we would we would want to. Uh, automate right away auto, automatic coding, mostly for consistency there more than speed. Um, but many of these things were able to do one task, push a button, walk away, do another task. And that's the importance of some of this uh, automation. There's auto developing, um, onboard exposure, uh, automatic reclaiming, ink dispensing. These things all will help uh, streamline the, the uh, uh, pre-press piece of it. And then you can take it a step even further. And there's there's a lot of space in between, but uh, we've done a lot of work with, with virus uh, over in Italy, and we've spent a bunch of time in Bergam, Bergamo, a beautiful city uh, north of Milan. Um, and they uh, build screens. They're a service bureau for other screen printers. In Europe, it's common to, to buy an image screen um, and then return it. They reclaim it, and it's kind of a, a service bureau like we used to do with film and output. Um, but they have a system where they put a dozen or whatever the number screens into a cartridge and they put it into a, uh, a setup that's on, on uh, uh, I assume a belt of some sort that, that pulls, it pulls the screens out of the cartridge and automatically coats them and puts them into drying, puts them back into the cartridge. The cartridge is pulled out, plugged into another station where uh, it marries up with the workload and the, and the and the job and picks the screen that's sorted in order, uh, images it, exposes it all on a track, uh, develops it, dries it, and you're ready to to take the screen to press it on the on the end of it. It's freaking amazing. It's so cool. Next up, let's talk production scheduling real quick. I know this may be a, a little bit a piece of, of software uh, issue, but I wanted to. Uh, uh, give you a couple of notes on it and quick thoughts on it. Um, that's the definition, duh. 
uh, simple enough. We know it helps us keep, uh, helps all of us know what we're doing today, tomorrow, understanding our uh, capacities, limitations. Um, but let's remember how visual we are, folks. Uh, we've been through the whiteboard, uh, mag- magnets, dry erase. Uh, at the very least, by now, we should be sharing uh, Google Docs that are color-coded, but uh, the, the software that's now available that we can we can put on large monitors with color code uh, 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 specifics in real time, that, that's the only way to go right now. Um, it, it's, it's a magical uh, specific that, that is so nice right now um, that makes everybody's job a whole lot easier. And remember, uh, simple things uh, like um, red means stop, green means go, yellow means caution. The, uh, we relate to those type of, of, uh, of color codes, uh, and, and this kind of plan is essential. But you can have a production schedule. Um, you get that call from the customer, and they want to make changes, or they want to increase the order, or you just found out their poly shirts in the art didn't make a blocker, missing a screen, ink colors don't match, people out sick, on and on and on for a reason that the, the schedule has to change. Um, we, it's such a custom uh, business that we have to be, we have to have a plan, but we have to be willing to move and, and adapt from that plan. And I'll talk more about that in, in a bit as well. So it really comes down to productivity, right? Uh, once we get uh, pre-pressed dialed in, schedules out. So when we work with business owners and plant managers, it's all about increasing productivity. Now, after we beat them over the head with a screen, because it's all about making great screens. Um, then we move on to some of these other items. And this is going to sound really too easy, big duh, common sense, and people don't necessarily like to be told this, but you'd be surprised how these are the, the details and the basics that make uh, factories go from running at 50% to running at 90%. Uh, staging is essential. It's all about preparedness. This is the orchestration piece of it. Um, we got to have multiple jobs with all the parts, product screens, inks, squeegees, floods, specs, orders, everything that you need for each job staged so that we can move from the next to the next to the next. So not only the operators know what's next, it's that big flexibility thing because when they go to the next job and it's missing that that uh, uh, gray blocker, um, we, we've got to be able to juggle that and move to the next job, the next job, and so forth. Um, today... We all know we're managing uh, to jobs rather than pieces. We've got a lot smaller runs. Um, you know, we've got to group jobs together to help things out. Uh, we put all the poly jobs together or all the wink, uh, white ink jobs or uh, sim process jobs or whatever it is so that we can we can keep things kind of grouped and, and keep things uh, flowing very well. And then it's about the people and the training. Um, we were with a customer in South Texas uh, at a conference table again, and uh, they had 10, 15 automatics, and the expectation was to do 10, let's keep the math easy, 10 100-piece jobs a day um, on each press. And we, uh, one guy would get 15 every day, and why, why, why is that? Well, um, I went over to the window overlooking the production floor, and I, I brought the rest of the guys over, and I said, just watch this guy. It was the little things. Uh, he'd hit uh, print start to do a sample, and then he would go uh, check his next job, and he would or he would finish the job and hit print finish, and then he'd be staging uh, his next screens while the unloader was unloading. Then he would be adding new screens, and she would uh, 
do the tri lock piece of it. Just kind of that pit crew mentality and being completely organized and having the the production people doing it uh, as well. And then you you start splitting those uh, uh, the the details and and, and finding uh, more time in the day. You know, the staging details are, are having plenty of racks for everything, um, screens, shirts, inks, squeegees, flood bars, and being mobile with that, again, just so you have the flexibility. Now, finding that extra time is, is the hard part. So um, we, we recommend or we try to get our customers to drop uh, the dirty screens and squeegees and flood bars and rack them and then just move on to the to the. Uh, uh, next job rather than so many people are cleaning squeegees and flood bars or, or cleaning a, a squeegee because they're all dirty for the next job. So having plenty of uh, squeegees and flood bars is a, a, a big deal. Uh, absolute organization is the key. Here's a great book that uh, Mark Coudre uh, recommended uh, years ago to me. Um, I'm not necessarily a lean Six Sigma kind of guy, 5S. I'm no black belt or anything like that. But I do say that concepts apply um, because of, the, of how custom our business, it doesn't all necessarily work because um, we don't stamp widgets per se. Um, but I am drinking the Kool-Aid to some degree. It, it can apply all things in their place type of uh, scenario. I, I don't put the tape all over the floor, but we do try to create uh, staging areas and, and, you know, next job areas, those kinds of things. And if you have everything in its place, it, it is ultra organized. Uh, quick more automation. That's that passport I was talking about. In the U.S., uh, if you're doing very consistent type of work, all T-shirts, uh, passports are awesome. They're about thirty thousand bucks, which uh, you'll pay for it in a year uh, on a single shift. Obviously, you got to change your workflow and, and thinking a little bit because you're missing that person uh, on the the quality control there, uh, pulling off the 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 unloading position. Um. The whole measuring thing applies to uh, whatever we can measure, we can start to gain control over. Uh, these are obviously uh, screen making measuring devices and, I, and I'm, I'm a screen making kind of guy. Uh, one of my sayings is if you control the screen, you control the process. But I'm talking about a, a documentation like spec sheets uh, so that you can go back and repeat, production logs. Um, it's criti critical for that repeatability. We're, we're all masters of getting the job done, whatever it takes, duct tape, bailing wire. The problem is when we get a reorder, we have to be able to repeat it. Um, we probably get a little carried away with some of our specs. This was a, a show spec, um, but quickly before I'm out of time, um, we ran a one color white on black masks uh, six weeks ago, like we're all doing. Um, we got a reorder yesterday and it took us two hours to set it up because we lost the spec sheet and the little details that we had made to make that thing work. Uh, we had small type and a gray blocker because they were polyester and they were spongy. And there was just a, a number of things that we made changes uh, to make it work. Uh, just kind of, you know, you got to take your own advice, right? Um, it's all part of the plan. And I'll just share something quickly with you that I think is a super valuable piece of information. We've collected data for the last 15 years. Um, and basically what this is, we call this a, one of our best models. We call it the best hourly model. And it's all inclusive. Um, and I'll explain the left side bold numbers are the number of screens. The top bold numbers are the number of pieces. And then the numbers are, are in hours. So one color 12 piece takes a quarter of an hour, 15 minutes. 
But take that little section up there and say, isn't that interesting? I can do, and this is the averages, of course. Um, and by all inclusive, I mean set up to tear down through tear, from set up through tear down. So you got 15 minutes to do 12 pieces, 36 pieces, or 72 pieces. Now it's obviously going to be harder to do 72, but it all it's and if you go through here, you can kind of find your sweet spot. Well, our average is six colors, 144. I should be averaging about three quarters of an hour, 45 minutes. Now, where how do I really sit against that? And this is the very, you know, this is absolutely the very best that we've seen with the data we've collected. So it's not, it's just targets, it's just goals, um, but it gives you a place to, to try to try to approach or at least uh, some level of, of uh, 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 goal setting. So that's all I've got. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn under my name or um, Graphic Elephants. Um, we try to post, we're not very good at it, we're, we're getting better. Um, thanks again for everybody, the Printavo team for putting this stuff together. And I just ask everybody stay safe and uh, much loved all. That was awesome. Lon, thanks so much for being able to show us so much. I got a couple of questions actually. Um, first, actually somebody asked, are they able to download these floor plans or is this part of like you helping shops and consulting them? Yeah, these are just examples um, of stuff we've done for, for different factories. Um, we use the, 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 concepts in most factories that we that we either are rearranging or building or, or um, starting from scratch or expanding um, those were those were real examples of real factories got it are they on your website though or are they able to see those examples um not at the moment but we're working on trying to provide some of that um, just so people have good good insight and and have some of that to, to be able to to use. We'll have to generic out some things. Um, but at one point that's our goal. Got it. Okay. Awesome. And then what about, um, your specs? So you talked about the hours and time it takes to run things. Um, how do you guys record that? You know, um, you, you can enter that in, uh, some fairly robust software. Um, we've got a couple of uh, friends that have built their own, uh, uh, software that they're able to do, basically record and, and, and measure everything. Um, and then they're through, there's pretty creative people anymore that take uh, what you guys do and, and, and an e-commerce piece and a, and a, a backend piece and, and, and plug them all together uh, to be able to get that information. That, at the very least, uh, you know, we tell people create a spreadsheet and an and a, uh, uh, iPad or even a, a um, it starts with starting to record something. By that, I mean uh, a clipboard and a, and a damn chart to say it, uh, I started set up at this time and I ended set up at that time. Um, that's kind of silly because you got to start all over and, and enter all that information. Um, but ultimately, that you know, we just got to get the info, and, and it's not hard to do. Got it. Got it. What about uh, you mentioned that two second lean book? A lot of folks were talking about that. Um, were there any good takeaways to share that you learned from the book that, that you remember now? I'm sure you read it a long time ago. Yeah. Um, it's, it's that everything in its place thing. Uh, the ultimate organization, the, the uh, 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 dissecting everything down into uh, as detail 
as you can do the same thing over and over and over kind of thing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion that, that we are so customized that we can't necessarily, uh, you know, you talk to people that are black belts, they'll tell you that all manufacturing this applies to. Um, and we, I kind of think that some, um, and many, and many concepts and many of the overall, uh, thought process uh, fits us versus, um, you know, having an outline of every paperclip that you have in the factory. Um, but I do think uh, all, all things in their place uh, kind of makes absolute sense. Got it. And last question for you, actually, you talked about getting into direct to screen as quickly as possible. It seems like, um, is that like, literally first auto and you should be looking to invest next in the direct to screen before a second or, or what? I'd make that argument because you're, um, the, if you can be even more, uh, efficient at screen making and the, uh, I wrote an article a few years ago about, uh, CTS and there was like 14 things that, that change immediately. Um, and I, I mentioned the intangible things. Um, the tangible things are obvious. You know, uh, if there's no film, there's no scratches in the film, there's no dust, there's no scratches in the glass, there's no vacuum, there's no dirty vacuum belt, there's no. So, I mean, all those things trickle to no pinholes. So you're not fighting pinholes. You take that step completely out of the equation. Um, and that's a thing, uh, assuming you make good stencils. You spend five minutes of screen, let's say, uh, prior to uh, from the from the glass in the film, uh, pinholing and, and getting rid of uh, adding blackout, blockout. We haven't used blockout in years. Um, if you've got a good stencil, you don't need it. Got it. That's great. Yeah, we just wrote a big, uh, long blog article, actually. We'll have to do another deeper interview with you on that, where you actually plug in numbers and you can see your ROI on it. Um, really powerful. Definitely very powerful. And the reason we did this is just like you said, I mean, we talked to so many shops and they say that the best piece of equipment that they've bought was direct to screen. So it's weird how long it took to, to catch on because it's been around. Jeff McHugh invented it 30 years ago, maybe not quite that. Yeah. 25 years ago. And it just never took on, took, it never really took off at the extent it is now. Um, mm -hmm. I think M and R, did it a favor by adding the onboard exposure and then it started clicking with people. Um, and you can make an argument for and against that, depending on um, your, the stencil you use and things like that, the speed you're after. But all of a sudden people started paying attention and they're, you know, they're, they're the 800 pound gorilla too. So once they started manufacturing, then people started looking at other uh, potential products as well. Um, there's a lot of them in the field, but you know, we work with single automatic shops to, tens of automatics and it's amazing how many people still refuse to to get into it and they're fighting film and 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 cleaning film and the whole deal it's just a all the things that aren't necessarily on the on the uh roi spreadsheet that just add another few minutes here and another few minutes there and another few minutes and it's weird i was mentioning the 10 jobs 100 pieces a piece if you do the easy math on that if you can find five minutes per job, you've just added another job and increased your productivity by 10%. So 
once you reach a reasonable level of productivity, you're splitting hairs. You're trying to find another minute here, another minute there, another minute here, especially with run sizes being what they are. It's not about getting a thousand pieces an hour. It's about rotating and changing out and getting from one job to the next job um, as fast as possible. So you get one more job out or, and then the next job. That makes sense. Lon, thanks so much for being able to join us today. This has been really, really insightful and helpful. This is Lon Winters. You guys can reach him at lon at graphicelephants.com or uh, I believe all the MBM shows Lon is at as well. And you can find him on Instagram, Facebook, email, all that good stuff. Lon, thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thanks for doing this for the, for the community. Cool.